0: Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and today I have a really good friend, Ben Connolly, joining me. Uh, Ben is the director of Soma Sending and Planting with the Soma Family of Churches. He's also one of the elders and pastors of City Church in Fort Worth. So welcome to the podcast, Ben.
1: Thank you, Bradley. I'm glad to be here with you guys again.
0: I'm glad that you're here too. We have had many good conversations that are not recorded. And so now it's fun to record it.
1: (laughs) Is it as fun as the non-recorded ones?
0: Maybe those other conversations were recorded by Facebook or some other organization.
1: Mm -hmm. I actually recorded them and I'm saving them until the day I need to blackmail you in the name of Christ.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about church planting and church planting within a missional community and then even within smaller churches and even organizationally, how can every Christian be part of church planting? Yeah, I'm super excited to dive in, especially I think sometimes missional community leaders can get into the perspective that that all they can kind of contribute to the kingdom is just their 12 or 20 or 30 people that they're they're pastoring and leading towards life on life and life on mission. But there's, there's actually a huge role that they can play in just being part of the broader um, expanding kingdom of God in the world. And so excited to have you on because you think about this all the time. Uh, even then I think it's exciting because you lead church planting for SOMA. You're kind of like the organizer of that as a family of mostly really small and not super wealthy churches, right? And so you have yeah. a lot of experience of helping us do that. Even in the last you know, year, we went from not really planting any churches together to now seeing dozens of church plants get sent out and then existing church plants become healthy, established churches. And so, yeah, really glad you're here to talk about this.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to. It, it has been <clears throat> fun from my perspective to see Soma, who you're right, has, has a lot of newer churches in and of itself. The Soma family is only a couple a few years old, I guess, now. And so we've, we've tried to formulate a church planting process that fits kind of who we are philosophically, but also acknowledges who our family is kind of age-wise. And, and it's been really exciting to see. God bless it and work through it. Why should we do church planting? Why church planting? I think there's, uh, man, tons of reasons. And there's all the kind of research-based reasons of things like the, there's typically more conversions in the church in its first few years and, and some of the statistics and that kind of stuff. But but for me, I would answer in addition to those things, I think we plant churches because uh, we church planting is part of the gospel going forward into new places. And so ever since, you know, God removed Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden he has been on, you know, to, to quote the Jesus Storybook Bible, he's been on a rescue mission to bring his people home. And it's not very many pages into the Bible that uh, you see God start to involve his people in his mission of bringing other people into his family and bringing other people home. Mm-hmm. And so all through history, it seems like God has this community of people who are displaying a difference that God makes in their lives, living in and among the other cultures of the world. and whether it's the Old Testament, which one translation uh, is is Old Testament church. So I can say that without getting in trouble. And then more overtly in the New Testament, the the literal Greek word church, it seems like God's church is a primary means that he works um, for the expansion of the gospel. And so church planting is just one piece of uh, God sending his people to new places with the good news of the gospel. Hmm. And in that way, if I can segue into what I assume your second question is going to be uh, missional community, another piece of that, it's it's a microcosm of a new church being sent often starts with a new missional community being sent into a new place as well.
2: Hmm.
0: I totally agree. And I think that that's, it's even just really healthy to remind, especially I think in the Western church, remind us of the reality that uh, church planting has been in existence for two thousand years mm-hmm. there have been uh, every church that we've ever participated in was planted at one point, probably by a handful of faithful believers uh some equipped some marginally equipped who said this area and these people need a church and so mm-hmm. that's how uh we need a church not just to to grow spiritually but we we want to reach this specific place we want to take spiritual ownership of this place and see uh, the people restored and reconciled and all of that. So we belong to, like you were saying, just this huge story and history of church planting. And I think that that, that does, as you were saying, connect to missional communities just in the sense that every missional community that we start is is doing that uh, on a small scale, but honestly not that different than the scale that it's, that it's been done throughout Christian history. Uh, It it really is the the same, same scale. Uh, I was even just reading some about the history of Redeemer in New York City with Tim Keller's church, and it basically started with 20 people, Uh, and that's every church's story. And so uh, it's a powerful reality, I think, for missional community leaders to think through is what they're starting and what they're leading has dramatic ripple effects in the kingdom.
1: Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that if we look at the the way that churches were started in the New Testament, um, it looks a little different than maybe some of our Western culture today. And, and this may not be true for everyone. I'm in I'm in Texas, um, where there are many different styles and types of church plants, um, seemingly every week. And a lot of the way that church planting seems to go, in some veins at least, is If I can overgeneralize, you get a guy who can play the guitar, and you get a La Quinta ballroom, and you put out a bunch of flyers, and then all of a sudden you kind of declare yourself a church. And (laughs) it just seems very different from what you see Paul doing in the New Testament, where he would go into a new city and preach the gospel and share the good news, both to Jews and to Gentiles, and some would believe. And so it seems like he would make disciples and then get those new disciples together. They'd start to be trained and equipped, that kind of stuff. They would be caring for each other. And then some of those disciples would be raised into leaders and then either established as the leaders of that church and Paul would move on or they would be themselves kind of sent out into a new place where the pattern would continue. They make new disciples, the disciples gather, they're trained and then more are sent and on and on and on it goes. And so even in that picture, that's both what a missional community does on some level and also what a church plant does. And so the two can be much more similar to your point, I I think they just seem a lot different and and certainly they are different in some ways, but they seem a lot different maybe because of a current culture's view of what it means to plant a church versus planting a missional community.
0: Yeah. That's so good. What would you say, Ben, to churches? Maybe they're, they're smaller or they feel like they're not the, the biggest most attractive church in their town or their city or even like a, a, a missional community. How can, how can churches like that, participate in church planting?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it's, it's something that a lot of churches wrestle with. A lot of pastors that we work with, just through my role with SOMA or even local pastor friends, have this assumption that, well, my church is too small or too poor or mm-hmm. too new or we're not settled enough or we can't sustain ourselves enough. It's some version of the line is there's no way that we could plant a church. Mm-hmm. And I get that, again, on some level. I think that there's there's ways that every church can be involved for our church. we We turn a decade old next year and and this is completely by God's grace that he's led us to to intentionally desire this, but we will have sent out four church plants and five long-term overseas missionary families mm-hmm. within our first decade. And I only say that because i'll I'll couple it with this. Our church has never been more than. 300 or 350 adults. Mm -hmm. And so we've tried to battle kind of this cultural assumption from day one that you have to be a certain size or a certain age or a certain fill in the blank to to be involved with church planting. Mm -hmm. We sent out our first planter when we were maybe 80 strong or so. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we try to send out missional communities to different places as long as the need and leaders and core team for a community are ready so this starts to get into principles but but what we try to do is just from day 1 we started to instill this sending impulse in us the sending mm. priority in us so that whether it's a missionary overseas or a church plant one day or a missional community we're not setting a benchmark or of age or size or finances or whatever that we have to achieve 10 15 20 years down the road 500 okay. 750 um before we can possibly think of looking outward
0: right yeah so you're even describing sending not from this place of human conceived strength like okay now we have stuff to spare mm-hmm. or, or we have a, we have a surplus of people now uh, we have a surplus of finances so now we're going to become uh, the culture of ascending church like we're going to shift that mindset and basically all you're saying is that's not true. You don't have to right there. And maybe I would push even further to say that that's probably self-destructive. Like it, you can't, if you have that surplus mentality, it probably won't shift into a church planting
1: mentality. I, I think so. And, and if I could take it another step further, <laughs> even, even some of my friends who are pastors of, of larger churches They they look at smaller, younger churches who have this assumption that one day we'll get to the place where we have a surplus and they kind of go, you don't like you have a larger budget, but you Mm -hmm. also have a larger staff or you have a larger budget, but you have more ministries, you have more people, but you also have them deployed into other areas. And so it's a little bit of a misnomer to think that once we get to X size, then we'll have enough people to 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 send or we'll have enough money to support ascend if if it doesn't start very early on then you know you're not all of a sudden going to be able to free up 10% of your church budget to church planting right from you know, if, let me say it like this if, if churches don't start setting aside little bits uh from the start then you know if it's 3 or 4% 10% from day 1 you kind of grow into where that 10% is a big number it's a lot harder to just decide hey once we're 500 people or once we're fi- 5 years old or something we're going to all of a sudden start to give 10% toward church planning it's a complete culture shift mm-hmm. and there's much more walking to the system than if you set aside you know 10% from day one even if 10% was $8
0: yeah and i think even to that point i've uh, been in and i've been able to to lead and coach missional communities that have have done that themselves too. say, Hey, collectively together, we're all going to support this one church plant that we're aware of. And we're all going to give above and beyond towards that. Uh, and then, uh, then they've seen just sort of within their own hearts, like, Oh, we're putting money somewhere. And then our hearts are even growing towards that as well. I think that that's sometimes, uh, we get in the idea that we need to be passionate about something before we can fund something. But then oftentimes we put our money somewhere and then our hearts follow those passions as well. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's true for for any church of, of any size and any missional community as well to think through how can we as a people be about the mission that we don't directly receive from, you know? That's a powerful even demonstration of the gospel. I think we are readily available to like live on mission because we want to see people come to know Jesus and it's our own friends and it's our own neighborhood and it's people just like us. But, but what happens when we're like, are we willing to sacrifice for the sake of people who don't live near us, who don't look like us, uh, that we don't have relationship for, but we want to see them know the gospel too. That's a huge marker of, uh, of a church really beginning to get the gospel is when they're willing to sacrifice yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. And, and in this, I think that we capture some of the you know similarities between a missional community supporting a church plant and being involved in church planting, and also a church, whether it's a 20-person church or a 2,000-person church, being involved in church planting and supporting a planter. Because talking about sending,
2: mm-hmm.
1: putting time uh, toward toward thinking about the brokenness in your city, but also talking about the brokenness in other parts of the world and the need for the gospel there – that can happen in a church setting and a missional community setting, Mm -hmm. Committing together to support a missionary or a church planter. Again, that can happen within a missional community or that can happen across an entire church. Um, certainly praying for both folks that your church has sent out or areas that you're passionate about, or also just areas that, uh, you want to see churches and missional communities planted. Mm -hmm. Again, those are things that a missional community can do. And please, please do. Um, (laughs) please pray for the gospel to go forward um, <laughs> Yeah, and also things that an entire church can do.
0: Right. So I've, I think that those are, you know, missional communities can cast that vision. Leaders can be encouraged to remember that they're, they're part of a broader, bigger vision uh, movement. Even they can even give financially, but there's also this layer, I would say that really like churches plant churches, not just missional communities plant churches. And so, uh, I wonder if you could just speak to that, Ben, of, of how do, for those, for our listeners that are leaders or staff members on elder, or deacon boards, things like that, like, how do you become a church that plants churches?
1: Yeah, I think that, that we've already hit on the first thing and just saying it starts with casting the vision um, and casting the vision from as early as possible. So so I've seen churches where, you know, church planning Sunday uh, happens once a year and it gets relegated to like the last Sunday of December when no <laughs> one's there. Because, you know, it's the end of the year and we're going to talk about church planting, but really we need all your funding to come into us because we need to make budget. <laughs> oh, 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 one church I know had a resident but seemed scared to, if I can put it like this, lose some really good people. Mm-hmm. He never got to talk about his vision or, or be on the stage. He just kind of was gone one day.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it seems like church planting can't be just a side project for one or two folks to know about and then descend. It's got to be something embedded into the vision of the church. Yeah. And then with that, I think vision's only as good as the culture that surrounds it. And so if you talk about sending, but again, never give the planter stage time Mm -hmm. or never release anyone to go help plant a church, then eventually the culture you create is going to to quench the vision. Mm Mm-hmm. So what does it look like to set aside a small amount for planting or challenge yourself to set aside a big amount of your budget for planting Mm -hmm. to start to, you know, plan over time so that one day when you can send out uh, a church plant, there's, you know, 10 years or four years worth of saving up toward that end. Yeah. I saw a church plant one time in a, an older traditional dying, literally dying church because their people were, were just aging and, and, it was a really sweet thing to see because the, the oldest folks in the congregation were the greatest champions of this church plant Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because in their words, we're creating a church for the
2: youngsters.
1: (laughs) And so they, the first meeting, like 10 of the oldest people were there. Um, One was moved to tears probably because the music was so loud, but a few others were moved to tears because they saw young people um, engaged in the church and those older people never came back, but that was by design. Um, It wasn't design they created a culture of generosity, a culture of sending um, and they were involved and supportive, even though that church plant wasn't specifically for them. Yeah. So I think casting a vision and creating a, a culture of sending, of generosity, of support, of going, uh, are two kind of vital steps for, for churches to to take in the church planting realm.
0: Yeah. I think that that's huge. And I think that's even uh, I've been able to see that get played out even in, uh, Los Angeles haven't been here very long, but something that that we've decided to do is set aside 12% of our budget and break it into quarters. And so where we're giving 3% of our budget helps uh, church planting outside of our control, like through an organization like, uh, well, it Literally is the Soma family of churches, and and being part of that, yeah, you're welcome, Ben. Uh, (laughs) But then the other the other percentages are towards direct church plants in our in our region, like in San Francisco and in uh, Arizona and Phoenix, these these you know major cities, and locally here uh, with the specific church. But then we've decided to set aside more funds each month so that we can we just called it like a. Southern California church planting budget so that it can yeah. get bigger and bigger and bigger so that when we when we send out a church plant from within us, which we plan to do in the next uh, year or so, that, that there will actually be a savings account for that new church plant. Yeah. And we're only a church of 120, 130 people mm-hmm. and then many, many children. But that's... <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Are they not people? They're not people, I guess. That's a new podcast. Yeah. Children aren't people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, just a little aside to make people laugh, but uh, I I do this all the time. Whenever my children misbehave, I'm like, well, they're not Christians. Or when they, whenever we have people over at our house and we're praying and our children are like, I don't want to pray. I know that doesn't happen to you, Ben, but that happens to me all the time. Yeah, I've never heard <laughs> and I always, I just like look over to the other people, like, well, they're not Christians, you know. And people get really offended by that, but that's our theology, right? I don't know. We're not infant baptism people.
1: Some of your listeners are. I would suggest. <laughs> so Brad's email again is <laughs> Brad at saturatetheworld dot com. And he'd be happy to field questions true, about right? this conversation. This is great. Yeah. So you're a church of about 130 grown people.
0: We're about a church of 130 grown people, and we're able to set aside a couple hundred dollars each month for a church plant that doesn't exist yet. And while it seems like small potatoes, especially in a big city, mm-hmm. we've already seen that account grow so much, and it, it truly is worthwhile. To the, And it's such a large percentage of the budget. Because our budget's basically this, the salaries of a few pastors and rent <laughs> space for Sundays. And then this church planting budget that we have to talk about every time we have new people come and join our church and join the mission and the vision of our church is it's such yeah. a large portion. We have to talk about it. And, uh, yeah. I think just to help people out there tangibly think through, like that's something that, that you can do. And you can even start with a small amount, like 4% or, or something like that. Uh, regardless of the amount of money that it is
1: right yeah because what we're talking about is the the money will grow over time and and by god's grace he seems to provide a a fair amount when a church is ready to send um, almost like he supernaturally guides these things Mm -hmm. but much more important than a specific percentage or dollar amount seems to be just the heart behind it that what it represents to the church that you know whatever the percentage is inherently not going to benefit us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to go toward gospel expansion, maybe from someone we plant, maybe not. Right.
0: So that's creating a culture, casting a vision. Uh, I think something that we also readily see is new leaders and equipped people are kind of the backbone of seeing new churches sent and plant. So what does that phase look like? So if even if a church has Uh, A vision, they talk about church planting, they have a budget for it. And it's like, well, what about seeing our people get equipped and then sent out to start a church? How does that work?
1: Yeah, and I think this is another place where the camaraderie between the missional community and the the church in this conversation is really beneficial. Because a lot of the realities of church plant are seen within Areas of the existing church, and so in a lot of ways, we, we talk with with uh, some of our soma churches about this. Um, talk with some local churches about this too. If you have if you have someone who wants to plant a church, everything within that church can be part of a residency, whether it's kind of an official slated residency you applied for or not. A lot of really good church planters learn church planting by just doing the stuff of church life, and so if you our missional community leader then you learn how to disciple uh, people and walk through the messiness and uh, take theology and put it into to kind of pastoral practice in the context of a missional community that's that's part of a church planning residency mm-hmm. um, whether we ever label it that or not and the other thing that I think is just overtly on display in a missional community is we talk about it as Soma saturate talks about it that then also is seen in a healthy church plant is that there is not one person who leads a mission community. Similarly, there is not one person who leads a church.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so my giftings and your giftings, Brad, might work together to have us plant a stronger church than if either you by yourself or I by myself planted. And that's true for us 10 years in. That's true for both the churches you've served. Having a a strong team made up of different giftings is pretty vital for a healthy church. Yeah. Uh, And you get to see that within missional communities or within, you know, branches of ministry in an existing church. So it's just a great training ground to raise up not just a leader, but a full team to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's such a good point. And something we joked about as we were texting uh, back and forth about this episode was... Man, we've never planted a church that wasn't a missional community church, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of an odd thing to imagine. But I would say mm-hmm. that being a church of missional communities trying to plant a church in many ways is easier doing the things that you just described, both like formal residency, but also just equipping everybody and seeing teams mm-hmm. take shape, uh, where you can see a group of leaders that are actually effectively making disciples and baptizing people within a missional community you think, well, man, they're, they're like now multiplying communities and they're taking care of and shepherding those communities. They're probably kind of like the team to be sent out to start a new church because it's being done so well. Whereas I think in, yeah. in traditional uh, sort of event-driven churches at the La Quinta Inn, as you were describing, uh, kind of makes it difficult because you're like, well, we have greeters and we have you know cleanup people and we have setup people. And I know that's right. a super generalization, but still it's like they they don't have to take the like discipleship responsibility for other people or mission responsibility for a specific area. And so I think that that's one way, at least, even as people imagine the shift towards missional communities or even the effectiveness of their own church, even as a small church of like 50 or 70 people, you might be like the mm-hmm. perfect breeding ground for church planting teams because you're equipping every saint to be a disciple maker.
1: Yeah. And so this is where even as, as we talk about kind of some different thoughts or or principles, uh, they start to overlap. So you're not going to be able to send teams and equip teams if you don't have a culture that values the every man and and the, the the body of believers, you know, caring for one another and discipling one another and teaching one another and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's all part of the part of the culture. Sending missional communities to new neighborhoods is part of the culture that later than naturally invites sending of new churches to new areas.
0: Yeah. And so I think maybe even to kind of shift towards wrapping up, I know you have like eight principles and we've only talked about four,
1: but (laughs) (laughs) the the, the quick foolproof method of of planting churches.
0: No, I don't have eight easy steps and voila, church planting movement. (laughs) so we talked about missional communities are effective way to like support church plants and even churches, a church themselves can create a culture and do some equipping and sending. But I think as well, at least in my experience that also the local church alone isn't enough either. I know that might like create some thunder out there, but (laughs) I've realized even like as a church staff or team, We have limitations in equipping people to be church planters. Even if we're people that have planted churches before, there's a limitation there because each church plant is different. And if I just teach people my own experience, that's not really enough for people. So how can a church partner to plant churches outside of themselves?
1: Yeah. And I think it's a good one. And I think it's one that I, I'm encouraged to see more and more people, uh, more and more churches asking that question. Cause I think there's a, I think there's a godly humility in, in uh, an individual or a church saying, I, I don't have everything that it takes to be everything that this resident needs. Mm-hmm. I think every church has some really unique, strong points in its culture and in its uh, philosophy and theology and, and ministry. I think every church, if we're honest, has points that are weak. If we feel like we have to own every piece of a resident's training, Mm -hmm. then we're going to send out residents who have our strengths, but also our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, this is true of SOMA. I don't think it's limited to just SOMA. but, But part of the reality that we created SOMA Sending with is saying that our churches are stronger. If the resident who's embedded in my church can glean from multiple churches strengths, then maybe it'll help bolster them in areas that our churches is is, is just not as developed yet. Mm -hmm. And so having different churches partner together for training can be really helpful. Um, I think, especially if we're talking about churches that are maybe a little bit smaller or not, maybe, have the capacity to to train and support even a resident on their own. Mm-hmm. Churches partner together to plant churches in their city. Um, that's starting to, to spring up in, in at least some larger urban cities, larger urban centers right now. And even crossing, if I it can can be so bold, denominational and network lines mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of partnering together to see LA or New York or Seattle um, or hopefully soon Fort Worth taken for the gospel mm-hmm. something churches uh, partnering together for funding they're local for maybe even considering sending people even if it's not a church that your church planted could they take some people from your church and could we be open-handed enough hmm. with quote our people to realize they're not actually our people at all they're God's people and they're given to us to steward well for the sake of his kingdom hmm. and then as a family of churches for Soma you know the, there's the the ministry philosophy that we all share. Uh, And so Soma Sending um, is built for uh, specifically planting more Soma churches, not just in the same city that I'm in or you're in, but across North America, maybe one day beyond that. But doing so kind of through the the lens and philosophy of of ministry that that Soma has uh, wrapped ourselves around theologically and otherwise.
0: Yeah, so that's Soma Sending. And I think there's probably, I know there's Bound to be people out there listening to to this podcast who are perhaps in positions of leadership or staff positions or seminary or or something where there's this convicting call towards uh, seeing the church yeah. grow and thrive and even planting of new churches and so uh, Soma ascending as you just mentioned is this uh, wonderful incubator experience where people live within a soma church uh, experience true leadership that lead missional communities that be watching elder meetings hanging out with the staff like a like a true like residency but they'd also belong to a cohort of people that's uh, going to seven different summits across North America where they're learning you know the strengths from each church or region and they're also walking through some kind of serious homework, (laughs) the sort of homework that I never had to do in any structured way. And that's so ascending. And so I I just want to take advantage of the topic of this podcast and let people know that uh, there is something out there like that. You might think, oh man, I want to kind of learn how to plant like missional community church. And I would love to like learn how to plant a church. Maybe I need to do some training on how to plant missional communities and another training on how to plant churches that's actually one thing called Soma Sending, and people can apply for it right
1: <laughs> they can um indeed and uh applications are available at somascending.com nice see that was a total like handoff sales pitch that we just created i know we didn't even write this out
0: We really didn't i'm a good salesperson i've heard <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes i'm not but i like training residents so
2: if you want to be a resident then you'll be loved
0: life. and cared for as a human and equipped as a leader so yeah you can check that out there's somasending.com is where you'd find out all the information about that if you want to participate and also if you're just hearing this and you're like wow i didn't even know there was a, a church planting thing like soma sending that's a huge thing that you can even get connected with to partner, and maybe you're thinking we'd love to begin planting churches as a group or even as a missional community, we'd love to fund the planting of missional community churches. Somasending.com is also a great place to learn how you can partner in that way, too. And your contact information's there, too, Ben? Yeah, yeah, it's just
1: uh, dot Conley at com yeah. but Conley has multiple spellings. So, yeah, just go to somasending.com and uh, you can find a way to get in touch. <laughs>
0: Nice. That's perfect. Uh anything else you'd like to add, Ben, about churches planting other churches? I know this is kind of super intro-y and there's a lot more depths to dive into, but yeah. uh any other like lasting thing you'd like to say?
1: Yeah, it's it's not as much about churches planting churches, but since we've been kind of interweaving uh, church planting and missional communities and how how those two things play together for this sending role. I think one thing that kind of has been in the back of my mind is just f- encouraging each missional community to consider themselves as a potential core team of a new church plant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so for our church, you know, we got to plant a church locally here a couple of years ago. And the way that we got to do that was seeing two or three communities In a specific part of uh, our county, and kind of going, let's let's join with some other folks, equip a pastor, equip an elder, and send them to see those couple communities become a church. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't planted with the idea of maybe we'll be a core group of a church one day. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: again, in kind of instilling this culture of sending. It, it can be really helpful for each missional community to consider what if this was part of who we were. And I think it does change a little bit of your view of your city. I think it increases, God uses that to increase some passion for your city. Mm-hmm. You do a little bit more to get to know some of the brokenness. I think you start to take care of each other, even maybe a little bit more as well. If you consider, if we were all we had, if if this was one day, the mm-hmm. church, it changes our perspective a little bit. Yeah, And then just to go back to all of this all of this just ties into the history long sending nature of God, who's always been about spreading his gospel and, and uh, pointing people back toward him, primarily through the good news of Jesus. And none of this is possible without the power of the spirit working in us mm-hmm. to even give us the desire to sacrifice time, money or people <laughs> for something new or to uh, send, send funding or people far, far away. Um, it's it's oh. very cultural and it's only possible through the power of the spirit.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's, that is a good, I'm glad you shared that. And it's, uh, it's humbling and it's so true that, um, any church plant too, or, or like church like yours that's 10 years old, or church I'm at now is, is eight years old. Uh, you try to hear the story about how it came into existence and how it came into being a thriving sort of center for the gospel. And you realize that there's hundreds of things that, God orchestrated and did and that God plants his churches. And I think that's a very wonderful place to to end. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Ben, for for joining us today. And thank you all for listening and for, for joining the conversation. If you have any questions or comments or want even more information about church planting or soma sending, you can connect with us at hello at saturatetheworld.com as always share this podcast write reviews all of those things helps people find us and uh, get equipped through this podcast thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon today's podcast was edited by ben fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band mopac Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.